the podcast this week is sponsored by Second Century Fox, creators of the world's most entertaining and dramatic illusions. From comic tales of poor people being oppressed by the elite to dramatic fables about poor people being oppressed by the uh, elite to sweeping sagas about uh, poor people being oppressed by... Look, can't they oppress someone other than just the poor people? I'm an equal opportunities oppressor. I've oppressed along with the best of them. Now, where's that screenplay I wrote? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to a spooky Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. It's Halloween. I am Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me today is Fresh from the Grave. Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. There you go, that's my best spooky voice. I, I am quite scared of you right now. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> So we were we were at your Halloween party at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was it was jolly good fun. Um, it was very. I, <laughs> I I don't like to talk about the contents of my parties. Let's just say that everyone was very happy and that was okay. Let's just say I did not feel very well the next day. <laughs> well, I think I think you have no one to blame but yourself for that. Well, no, all these people that tried to force shots on me and all these different cocktails I've never heard of. Try this, it's got chocolate and chili in it. Why wouldn't you drink that? <laughs> well, well, I, I, I don't think it was a very tough process. It was a case of, here, drink this, it'll make you feel better. Okay. <laughs> look, look, look. Oh, that tasted just like mouthwash. <laughs> It wasn't actually mouthwash, but yeah, it did taste just like it, yeah. Well, anyway, let's, let's, let's move on from, from such discussions and let's talk about some RPG news. We should talk about some RPG news. I'm uh, excited to do so. What's are, happening? You are currently playing through Horde of the Dragon Queen, Rise of Tiamat. Uh, that double pair, yes. Uh, we've started Rise of Tiamat. It's very exciting. Uh, well, last week, Wizards of the Coast re-released those two adventures. Ooh. combined into yes. one adventure called Tyranny of Dragons. Nice. Which is the name that they previously yeah, used yeah. for the two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it's been revised and updated in various ways. Because you know that... Um, yes. There's, there were maybe some balance issues <laughs> with uh, the original, <laughs> to put it mildly. There may be some balance issues, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, has, has ever Russ is gifted with the British, British talent <laughs> for understatement? <laughs> Yeah, so there's extra material, there's errata folded into it, there's a yes. brand new cover, one of those Hydro 74 covers, looks like that. Oh. Nice picture of Tiamat. Oh, see, yes, that's a red dragon at the front. Okay, mm. yes. What do you think it was? Female Pudenda. Really? Um, it's an unfortunate... I guess you see what you want to see. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I, I suppose. It's like a Warshark test. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, wow, okay, yeah. It's a flower, beautiful flower, that's right. Yes. It's a butterfly. <laughs> So yeah, so the original one, Horde of the Dragon yes. Queen and um, and um, Rise of Tiramat, were produced yeah. by Cobalt Press. Yes. Um, but when they were creating it, the rules for fifth edition were still being finalised. Yes. And the monster manual wasn't out. Yes. And that's part of the reason, maybe, why it wasn't quite as tight as later edition later adventures were. Yeah, sure. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak for them, but, um, yeah. but, but uh, certainly some of the ability checks 
had what I could only describe as optimistically achievable yeah. uh, DCs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, if, uh, if you haven't played it before, mm-hmm. I, I would say it's probably worth picking up this version of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I'm story's not, brilliant. I really love yeah. it. I'm not sure whether it's worth getting if you have played it. I've, I've always played for it now. Might pick up a copy for the club. Could do. Yeah. Be a good laugh. Hmm. Uh, so, Around the Table. Yes. It's a tabletop professional magazine by Gamma, the Game Manufacturers Association. Oh, yes, yes. Who uh, presumably sorted themselves out from their problems earlier in the year. Yeah. This this is a 70-odd page magazine in digital format. I think it's okay. available in print as well. Um, very tiny here. <laughs> it's so tiny, but it's industry focused rather okay. than sort of player focused. Yeah, so yeah. it's talk about tips for running a Kickstarter or articles on how to market your game or uh, manufacturer mm. information. You know all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the way it's set up is basically uh, anyone who's paid for an ad in the magazine yes. gets what they call an was it an ad story. An advert story, they call okay. it. That's the, that's the name okay. they're using. Advert yeah. story. Yes. So basically, it's article about their stuff, but addressing yes. a particular topic. Okay. So it's not pure advert. It's kind of yeah. um, you're, you're basically paying to give your opinion about. Yeah. Stuff. So yeah. so a, a game um, designer would talk about how they approach this problem with this game. So at the same time, they're talking about the game. Yes. And also, they're talking about an issue which other designers might. Oh, I see. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're in the industry, it's worth checking out. I don't know. If, yeah. you're, if you're just a player, I'm not sure it would be of that much interest. But but if you're an industry if professional, you're curious. yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, certainly it would make your writing, your, your job at Ian World much easier and much more profitable if you could persuade people to pay you to uh, <laughs> produce articles. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Will you pay me to produce articles? No. That's worth a try. Yeah, yeah totally worth a shot, but no. <laughs> it was a long, I knew it was a long shot. <laughs> it, 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 it was going to do 100%. But I, yeah. I, in fact, have to pay other people to produce articles for me. Interesting. I Interesting. Know. It's yeah, a terrible model. It should be the other way around. Well, well you, we can't all be forward thinkers like the, uh, game as- the Association of Game Manufacturers. No, that's not right at all. Game the Game Man- Manufacturers Association. The Game Manufacturers Association. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, Modifius. Yes. We can't have a new segment without mentioning Modifius, can we? Oh, what's their latest? What's their latest press release? Tell us. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Miniatures. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, which I don't think the latest edition of Vampire the Masquerade really supports miniatures play particularly. Well, so no. it seems I'm not entirely sure who these are, who these are aimed at, but they do produce miniatures for all of their games, like they have for Star Trek and Fallout and John Carter and mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And I've even got some Klingons I bought off them, but they come unpainted, and I never paint miniatures, so they just end up sitting okay. in their box. Yeah, sad. Uh, but yeah, so um, or if you're a miniatures collector, or if you're playing Vampire the Masquerade, they're bringing out a, a range of miniatures. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a quick look at this, and we'll see what they say about the miniatures. A retail release of mm-hmm. three to four figure sets yep. from spring 2020. You can expect signature characters based around uh, Bloodlines, the Anarch, Camarilla, Sabat, Generic Clans, the Second Inquisition, Bystanders, and plenty of antagonists. Sounds fantastic. It does. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I've ever seen miniatures for Vampire before. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there have been or not. Yeah. There might uh, have been. I mean, it seems like over 20 years there would have been. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't remember any. Uh, well, shall, we, shall we switch from the very big to the very small? 
very small. Yes. What, like, well, plank scale. You're generally. not getting a lot bigger than the Dithius okay. uh, in terms of like breadth of product. So um, you remember our friend Ed Jarrett at Shades of Vengeance Press. I do. Yes. He has a Kickstarter going. Ooh. Yeah. He has a lot of Kickstarters, doesn't he? He's, uh, I know, how many has he done now? Oh, it it's like 20 be. odd or something, isn't it? No, no, it's not for 50 when we spoke to it him. It was a lot of 50. So it's probably, he's probably like 60, 70 wow. right now. <laughs> I, I don't know, Ed Jarrett, I'm not saying he's a glutton for punishment, but that's a lot of Kickstarters. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, his current one has about 16 days to go um, and is for Error Lost Legend, mm-hmm. a Final Fantasy inspired RPG. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, I, so, so it's still part of his. Era kind of yes. collective. It's all part of his era universe, as far yeah, as I can make yeah. out, where it uses the D10 die set, which I suppose is also a good segue on from a vampire. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got corporeals, uh, ethereals, magic wielders, and so forth. Apparently, if you know anything about Final Fantasy VII, this is going to be a very exciting Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was speaking to me about it. Yeah. So it went, wah, 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 wah. I was like, okay. Because I've, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I have played Final Fantasy VII. You have played yes, Final Fantasy VII? Yes, that's the only Final Fantasy game I've ever played. Played oh. it on the PlayStation. Wow. When it came out... Ooh, 90s? Really? 2000s? Oh, okay. 90s? Whenever it was. I can't remember when it was. Oh, um, yeah, I played I played Final Fantasy VII, yeah. Right. And I quite, I never finished it. No. But, yeah. I, I, think, went, I think it's quite a long game. Yeah. yeah. I, I quite enjoyed it, though. Mm, fair enough. So sticking on the theme of Kickstarters then. Oh, yes. That's... So we've gone from uh, a small Kickstarter. Should we go yes. for a, a nice big one? Oh, go on then. Okay. So do you remember Strongholds and Streaming, the big $2 million Kickstarter by Matt Colville a couple of years ago? Well, not personally, but people keep on talking about it. It was a lot of money to have made. It is the biggest RPG Kickstarter ever. Nice. Unless you count the Critical Role one, but that was for a cartoon. It's not for a game, so... Uh, so so. No. But, so, um, but anyway, what's uh, of it? He's got a new one. It's oh, called it? Kingdoms Warfare and More Minis. Kingdoms Warfare and More Minis. Yeah, it's been oh. going for a week only so far. It launched yes. last week, and it's already got well, that's in dollars. Let's have a look in dollars. Nine hundred and two thousand six hundred and twenty-nine dollars. So it's <laughs> about to hit a million dollars. Right. After a week. Okay. Is that a full week? Uh, I think it's... Uh, like six days or something. Uh, yeah, it's got 24 days to go, and I think it had 31 in total. So. Oh, okay. So, it's, so after a full yeah. week... Oh, they, they do. Okay, so that, that could be probably, like, equal to a bit less than... Uh, maybe. maybe I, I could have had com- yeah, you could compare the figures by yeah. day. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of money. I mean, whatever it is, is a lot of money. It's... People are keen on his stuff. Yeah, is what yeah basically. So what this one is, it's yeah. um, 5e supplement again. Okay. And it's for managing kingdoms, yes. playing organisations, okay. and waging war. So presumably some sort of mass combat rules or some such. Uh, dom- he calls it domain level play. So you Ooh. become regents, yes. um, and you can run a kingdom, a mm-hmm. duchy, a barony, a church, a yep. thieves guild, a bard's college, whatever you choose, it's your domain. Yep. And your domain can uh, sort of raise armies, it can conduct espionage, it can wage war. It basically does like sort of macro politics sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the different kinds of domains have different actions. So a thieves mm-hmm. guild is, it says it's good at espionage, yeah. but it's not great at raising armies. Funny that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so yeah, each type of domain has a different um, okay. different thing, and then you have a lieutenant who runs your domain, which allows you to continue mm. adventuring. Yeah, and and that's you 
like basically you're like, oh, I can't be bothered with all this paperwork, right? You, minion, handle the paperwork. I'm off adventuring. Huzzah! Yeah, basically. Yeah, so you could do oh, like a what? wizard's what? order or a yeah. thieves guild or uh, all sorts of stuff. We got to wonder what the warlocks are doing. They don't strike me as super organisational, to be honest. No, there's more more like sort of chancers who blag their way into power and are like hanging on to the I tiger's ears cults. as hard as possible. Maybe little cults. Oh. With the same patrons. Oh, yeah. So, be adorable. You've got a whole load of warlocks who like the same patron. Yeah. Like if Hudson was a warlock patron, yeah. yes. there'd be the Hudson cult yes. consisting of warlocks. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, black robes, always very fashionable. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I always wear black robes. And, and greet each other with the traditional yip yip. Yip yip. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you always say yip yip when you come to my house? Oh, that's because I've just been riding in my um, uh, sky bison. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this one because I really want to see how well it does. I, I don't know why I have this thing where something mm. when something's doing really well, yeah. I kind of get slightly invested in wanting it to do better than anything's ever done before. Aww. And I don't know why because it's, you know, I, it makes no difference to me. Yeah. Um, you know, but still, yeah. I still, I still, it's, I still want it to do really well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's very charitable. I'm sure Matt Colville appreciates your emotional support, if perhaps not your military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What else is that? You know, dungeons. I have some small familiarity with them. You what know, kind of you talk about pages of a book or people who follow like small boys who do court things. <laughs> no, I'm not talking altar boys. <laughs> okay, so pages from a book? Yes. Okay. If you combine a dungeon with yes. pages, but yes. not just pa- not pages, just one page. So sort of a one-page dungeon. Yes! Wow, that was circuitous, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you sprain that reach? <laughs> yeah. um, so there's a, a one-page dungeon generator. Interesting. And you can create a one-page dungeon with just one click Go on, then. of your mouse. That is, obviously. Well, I, I will. Well, I'll do one. Yeah. I, would, I would generate a one-page dungeon with one click. Okay. Uh, so, here we go. Yeah. We have the Catacombs of the Blood Titan. Mm, sounds interesting. Uh, it doesn't seem to show up all that well on my... Um, oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Just a bit of slow mm. internet connection. Underground Monastery of the Spider General. Okay, you've accidentally created... Yeah, I, I clicked oh, it quite, oh, twice okay. by mistake. Um, okay. Yeah, so you get a map, a randomly generated map. You get these little labels around saying what's in the room. So that one's yeah. a, a battered trunk containing a shield, some gold, and an enchanted flail. Yeah. Um, this one's a massive gate with four keyholes to the south. Um, and basically, yeah, it's just you know, a simple simple dungeon, one page, it has its own title. Yeah. And some randomly generated rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Nice hashing around the outside. And you, you can toggle all these labels and stuff, so if you just literally want a map, then nothing you can. else. Yeah. You just need to whip one up really quickly. Bam, there you go. That, that, that's actually quite nice. Yeah. So who's this cre- is... Who created that? Yeah, so this is guy, a guy called... Um, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, what a... Oh, I guess it's what about what about without a T on the end. What yeah. what about what about what about? I good, think good work. What about? I think I think that's yeah. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Um, I, I, apparently, he does loads of stuff like this. He's done mm. some sort of fantasy city generators, and he's done and some of them are quite cool. They're like three D, and you can zoom in on them from above. Ooh, like nice. he's like some kind of procedural dynamic generation guru of some kind. He's, Clearly, and also a keen role player. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the style of it is, you know, that Dyson logos kind of black and white style that they're using a lot in D&D books these days? Yeah. It's yeah. that kind of style as well, with the sort of like the cross-hatching shading and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. 
emphasize things. No, it's yeah. very very clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's even even like this one, the Desert Tomb of the Dread Emperor, which mm-hmm. was randomly generated. I made just in one click. You get a little little description as well. It says, for several centuries, the Tomb of the Dread Emperor was considered lost until recently was rediscovered by a gang of bandits. Nice. Yeah, it's like a plot hook. It's a tiny little plot yeah. hook. Yeah. A map. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah, we stand with that. Yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. I like it when people make stuff and it's, yeah. and it's cool. Well, if you find yourself like, oh, well, the uh, gangs decided to completely ignore my plot hooks <laughs> and go and do their own things because I don't know players, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that is what players can sometimes do. And it's an excellent resource just having your things like, okay, yes, um... Uh, let me just spend a couple of minutes. You clearly, you clearly don't discipline your players correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I think the key thing is to make your plot hooks really blatantly obvious, um, but still give the appearance of choice. So, like, well, we could do something else. Do you remember, the, do you remember the sketch else? we did about that? I think it went up on the feed again a couple oh. of weeks ago. The one with the ranger in the corner and the guy just talking to the halfling. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the name of this uh, interesting goblin here? Uh, uh, Boblin. Yes. (laughs) Um, So Hasbro has had some slightly bad news. Partly because of all the trade war-y stuff that's going on. Maybe other factors as well. But basically Hasbro Gaming, which is a division of Hasbro, is down by 17%. Oof. Which is quite a hefty that, amount. That, that's not that's not the sort of kicking you want to receive as a company. No. There is there is a little good bit of good news though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it notes it notes that Wizards of the Coast, Magic the Gathering, and Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. with a couple of bright spots in that. Ah, so while while Hasbro Gaming as a whole, and I assume that includes all of their a lot of their toys and games probably and, stuff like Transformers and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Wizards of the Coast seems to be doing okay despite the yeah. rest of Hasbro Gaming being down. Turns out. Kind of cool. Yeah. There were some other kind of little bits of tidbits of um, information that kind of came out about that as well. Oh, yeah, sure. So it says Hasbro Gaming, it doesn't include uh, Monopoly. Okay. Um, um, it's down 17%. Uh-huh. Um, total gaming sales. Oh, it says it doesn't include Monopoly or Magic the uh, Gathering. Or Magic the Gathering. Okay, yeah. so even excluding Magic. Hmm. Um, he says uh, Hasbro believes that Wizard of the Coast sales can be doubled over the next five years wow as we've accomplished over the past five years okay wow that's uh, that's, that's a lot so that's four times over ten years that I, I, I personally would not want to take my reputation on it but I guess uh, yeah why not go for it mate well, you, you, you do it well apparently Wizard has close to a dozen digital games in nice. development for delivery over the next five to six years Ooh. I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know what that means actual... Is that Wizards? Has, yeah, has, has, Wizards of the Ghost. Ghost. I, don't, so I don't know whether that means things like Baldur's Gate 3, which they're involved with but aren't making themselves, mm-hmm. or whether they're actually making, some, I don't know, like a Magic the Gathering I, apps I, or D&D apps or games. There, there's a Magic the Gathering app, I yeah. believe, kicking around because my yeah, wife was yeah. playing that because it was a small intensely complicated game mm. and therefore she fell deeply in love with it as soon as look at it yeah uh but i think that they won't have the skills in-house it's pretty tough making computer games there. yeah 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 so they're probably uh pawning out the rule set i don't know i mean uh, they're, uh, they're getting quite tight-lipped about it at the moment so i guess yeah. we'll find out over the next few years mm. I guess. Well, well, I th- well, what was the what was the last fun 
D&D game that you played. That's a fun D&D game. Yeah. As opposed to those torturous, horrible ones that I hated. Yeah, and look at you, Art Beholder. Yeah. But D&D specifically? Yeah. Or a variation of D&D? No, D&D specifically. Um, it was probably Curse of Strahd. Which I didn't play when it came out, I played it much later. Okay. But um, yeah, probably Curse of Strahd. Oh, and that's the last of the um, big hardcovers I've played through. Oh no, computer games. Oh, computer games. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that is what we were talking about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I should concentrate more. I, I hear it's the, the thing on the podcast, but you do you, Russ, you yeah. do you. <laughs> uh, last D&D computer game would probably be... Been... I can't think of any for absolutely years. I know Baldur's Gate 2 got re-released. Well, there's, well, there's D&D Online and there's Neverwinter, neither of which... I've, I've tried them both, but neither of them... They're both uh, multiplayer... Yeah, more books. Yeah, which yeah. aren't really my thing. No. I, I like a single-player game. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was um, Kingmaker, but that was Pathfinder. Yes. So I guess we're probably talking... We're, I think we're due some games for 5th edition. We're talking we... Neverwinter Nights kind of era. Exactly. That goes back a while, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that could be like a big route for many people into gaming. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. And there's true. that yeah. Solasta Yes, that's the one. Game. Oh, I must remember to download that so I can play it and tell you what it's like. Yeah, which yeah. I cannot do because I have a map. <laughs> Damn you, Steve Jobs! <laughs> anyway, um, yes, we uh, we digress. We do. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, having a couple of games in the works that sound like a good idea. Cute. Yeah. Strange new worlds. Yes. New civilizations. Ooh. Ooh. Nine adventures in one hardback book for the Modifius's Star Trek RPG. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, adventure compilations. Yes. So this is called Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a very Star Trek-y name, I suppose. Yes. Uh, nine short adventures, um, nine missions, a whole bunch of different writers. Yes. And this is their second compilation. The first one was called These Are the Voyages. Yes. And this is the second one, which they're calling Strange New Worlds. Okay. And, um, yeah, they've just released that. It's available in PDF already, and I think it hits store shelves in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, solve the mystery of a viral plague. Yeah. Explore an ancient doomsday seed vault. Here we go. Determine how two separate species might have been caught together in an extinction-level event and a bunch more. Mm. Renegade Ferengi on a planet with a sentient living ocean. Whole lot of them. Nine of them. Well, I look forward to their next uh, volume, which will doubtless be called Five-Year Mission. Most possibly. (laughs) Talking of of Star Trek-esque things, I'm in the middle of editing um, a game, uh, an adventure that I'm going to have to rename, Lower Decks. (laughs) The Spartan Gambit, but now yeah. now they're coming out with an official Star War, Star Trek cartoon called Lower Decks. So I'm going to have to actually change the name, probably. Right, right, right. What's yeah. wrong with the Spartan Gambit? The way the series works yeah. is each each of the books it has sort of like the sort of campaign setting, yeah. which I was calling Lower Decks, basically meaning yeah. it's designed to be played by people on a starship but aren't the bridge crew. Yeah. Okay. And you can have lots of adventures, okay. and then the Spartan Gambit is the one sample adventure that's included in that. Ah, oh, with you, with you. And right. Spartan Gamut in this case is Die Hard on a Spaceship. Yes. Brilliant fun. Got a massive deck plan of the entire spaceship. It's an enterprise sized yeah. ship called the uh, USF Endeavour. I know, I've seen it. It's very pretty. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, you basically have to call up the lift shafts and move around the, the, the starship and try and take the starship back from the uh, Spartans that have taken it over. And the Spartans are not wholly unlike, but completely different to Klingons. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 
they're, they're totally not Klingons. <laughs> no, they're Spartans, it's sex. They're, 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 a di- they're a different proud warrior race. <laughs> yes. Um, let me just quickly find... There's a thread. So what happened was I asked yes. people... Yes. Uh, I asked about 100 people... Yes. Um, if you could increase one of your ability scores in real life to 18... Yes. What would it be? Int, obviously. So you'd go for int. Yes. Um, interesting. Um... So these these are the results we've got. So we've got I asked 124 people. Yes. And it's, uh, it's interesting that strength only one person said strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most common one was constitution. Most people wanted to be healthy mm-hmm. and fit and live into old age with a sturdy constitution oh, yeah. and that stuff work. like that. Yeah. Um, so constitution was number one. Yeah. Charisma was number two. It's valuable. Yeah. So we had 37 percent people wanted constitution. Yeah. Then charisma. Yes. And then we've got intelligence yeah. in at sixteen percent. Absolutely. Uh, then wisdom at fourteen percent. Ah. Then dexterity. Then strength. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think which I would go for. I think probably constitution is a good choice. It's going to be in mm. intelligence or constitution. Yeah. We don't want to stay healthy or be bright. Well, yeah. So you could be healthy. You could be yeah. happy yeah. without being incredibly clever. But I think it's harder to be happy if you're unhealthy, I would have thought, because there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, well, all my other stats are quite high anyway, so yeah. <laughs> that joke, well, I mean, I think the first person's response was, uh, is what, I have to lower one to 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course. <laughs> that, that's why you're on this internet poll. We understand. <laughs> yes. uh, so yeah, uh, I think that is it for the news. And if you've got any more that you can think of. Um, no, I think I am pretty much done. Cool, we whipped through that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've got a new columnist, Owen Casey Stevens. Oh, well, welcome aboard, Owen Casey Stevens. He's, uh, he's written his first column, it's on my site, and it's all about how he got into freelancing in the first place. Ah, terrible life decisions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we've also got a column from Jim Ward called Demons and Devils Not... Which coincides perfectly with our topic of the week this week, which is all about the satanic panic. Oh, the 1980s. Yeah. And Jim Ward's talking about, um, you know, how demons and devils stopped being called demons and devils in D&D. Ooh. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. All right, should we quickly play our favourite game in all the world then? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Right, so uh, I'm going to be Dungeon Master. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> You're talking about a different favourite game in all the world, ever. <laughs> a game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Oh, that favourite game in all the world ever. Now mm. I remember, yes. Okay. Ooh, number one. Interesting. Yes. What is Moth Children? Hmm. Um... A game that my wife will never, ever play. <laughs> she, she's scared of moths. <laughs> she's super not into moths. Sharon hates butterflies. Oh, poor butterflies. Uh, it's because they've got forked tongues, apparently. Oh, okay. And she finds that really creepy. I've never see. I don't think I've ever looked at butterflies. No, I've her. never noticed a butterfly's tongue in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, oh, quite, they're quite tiny. Yeah. Oh, uh, moths in Spanish are called uh, butterflies of the night. Reposas de la noche, which I find quite sweet. And a big, big leap forward for moth representation. Uh, (laughs) Mm. 
don't know what is moth children. So what is moth children? Um, well, I don't think we're going full Adrian Tchaikovsky here, so it's probably not like actual people with the powers of moths. Well, maybe it is. Yeah, why not? Uh, let's commit to something and be super wrong. So moth children, um, no, hoth children, that would be children from a frozen snow planet. Yeah. No, moth children. I don't think there's probably many moths on Hoth. Moths on Hoth. Well, maybe it'd be like ice moths. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Fluttering around, excellently disguised by all the snowflakes. Anyway, so, uh, yes, Moth Children would be a game about children who, um, who are affected by some sort of dark supernatural force. And this means that they spend like a lot of their time being essentially creatures of the night, but they are attempting to uh, find something that will redeem them. Uh, the sort of metaphorical sun around which the game revolves. But obviously this is going to be a very dangerous sort of setup for them, which is why they're moths, because the sun could destroy them if it turns out to be a false sun, as in fact, I don't know, a candle or something, or an incandescent light bulb for them to batter themselves against. Uh, and I think we will probably say it's not Fifth Dead, uh, but I don't think it's Powered by the Apocalypse either. I think it's like maybe sort of a, an original story, an, ori- an original game system. Hmm. How's that? Not bad. I mean, you pretty much hit all the themes there. You haven't hey. got it exactly right, but you no. kind of skirt, you've skirted really close around it. Uh. So, <laughs> so what it is, it's a, a vampiric storytelling RPG okay. yep. of manipulation and control. Ooh. It's a game of social intrigue, careful planning, mm-hmm. and manipulation of those around and beneath you. Um, each year, a door in the world releases a moth, and that moth finds a sleeping host and enters the sleeper's mouth, uh-huh. transforming them into a creature that lives in the night and wishes for the sun, but the sun is damnation, burning away their body as they are now vampires. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's, that sounds like an interesting one. Uh, when's that one? Um, when's that kickstarter due to Friday, finish? November the 1st. Oh, well, if you're listening to this podcast, then you best get on that quick. Yes. Because that's finishing very soon. Yep. Uh, do we know if it's already funded? Let's have a look. Um, yeah. 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 It's funded three days to go. Well, yeah. Actually, I make that four days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or if you're listening to this one day to go, yeah. maybe two. Um, <laughs> and how, uh, what, oh, oh, I forgot, what, 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 what will get you a PDF? Mm. How much money do they want for a PDF? Let's have a look. They want seven dollars. Seven American dollars for a PDF and 25 for a hard copy. Ah, oh, bish bosh. There you go. Fill your boots. Hmm. Get on that moth children Kickstarter. Ending yeah. Friday, 1st November. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Yes. What is... Yes. The legend... Yes. ...of Jim Crack Jack. <laughs> or Gim Crack Jack. I oh, think Jim okay. Crack. So okay. G at the beginning. Maybe even a Gim Crack. Uh, but not a book crack, which is where my mind went, because I'm apparently 14 years old. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right, the, the Legend of Gimcrack Jack. Uh, that sounds to me like... Um, well, it sounds like a book I'd read, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, oh, that looks interesting. Pick that up, have a read. Um, so I'm going to assume it's maybe a story module. There's the eponymous Gimcrack Jack, who... Uh, 
is potentially some sort of uh, inventor who is not like the most successful or reliable one. But by Jingo, they're inventing stuff left, right and centre. And let's segue into it's probably for, say, 5e, maybe Pathfinder 2, but currently 5e is very popular. And you are following the uh, I don't know, the adventure path that leads into following the adventures of this um, mad gimcrack Jack who's invented all sorts of things, possibly, almost certainly, because there's some sort of hidden treasure MacGuffin to find. Hmm. How's that? Uh, well, not really. No? No. It's, okay. um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a kid's game using 5th edition. Oh, so I've got the, fifth, I've got the system, right? you got the system, right, yep. yep. Um, uh, it's a start of four RPGs. So this is the first one, and they're called okay. Little Feet Role-Playing Game Books. Oh. And the first one's called The Legend of Gimcrack or Jimcrack Jack. Yes. And uh, they're for kids aged 6 to 12. Yep. Um, and each is composed of uh, about one or two hours playing time, mm-hmm. um, designed to be run on weeknights between dinner and bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific time yeah. to be designing for. I approve. Uh, uh, help parents introduce family-friendly role-playing games to their children with fascinating mm. stories. Um, Thirty-two pages, um, full mm. color, and you you play these small races like dwarves, gnomes, and halflings, or uh, squirrel people, or raccoon folk. I'd just like to point out, point of order: dwarves are not small; they're actually medium. They're just they're not tall; they're just very wide. Um. Okay, they're, they're, right, yeah. this is one of the smaller races. Ah. Uh, so they're, they're still smaller than humans. Okay. Well, they're Although larger they? than halflings. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. I mean, have you actually looked at how big these things are? Like, gnomes are basically, they're all just head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway, sorry. We, we, we digress. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, what's the actual story about, does it say? Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. At least not in this column, I might say. Um, uh, when does the Kickstarter end? Uh, Thursday, November the 7th, next week. Oh, well, Basically, go. all of these, because, because of the column, they all yeah. end in the next 10 days, always. Yes, I know. Yeah. I'm letting our listeners know when they actually end. So they can get in. Get in. Striking, like swift striking snakes. Yeah. And has it already funded? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, it's, okay. getting, it's got 10 days to go. Um, yeah, it's going to fund, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's about 10 pence short at the moment. Um, and how much are they charging for a PDF? Let's have a look. Ten dollars for Ooh, the PDF. Ten dollars. Get your face. Twenty-five for the soft cover. Yeah. There we go. All right. Do you want to do one more? Or? Yeah. That's the one. Or last one. Sort of the semi-roll. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. Which of these looks? So you know what Haunted West is because oh, our we friend covered Chris that in, uh, in great detail it. the other day. Uh, oh, is that coming to an end now? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, how about um, wolves? Of God. The Wolves of God. Hmm. It's Wolves mm. of God, colon something, but the colon something tells you what it is. So ah, the Wolves of God. It's one of those ones. The Wolves, wolves of God, colon, this, this part of the title renders the point of the game entirely superfluous. Hmm. Marvelous, marvelous. Okay, uh, so Wolves of God. Um, ba, 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 ba. I can't help but feel that's uh, some sort of allusion to something. Um, so I think it is... A uh, story set in medieval times. Mm. Well, medieval is probably not the right word for it. I'm sure many of the listeners are shouting at the radios, as I was the other week, whilst you were busy telling me how the Bulgarians had used true names to evoke stuff. <laughs> oh. So disappointed. 
<laughs> got to, in my defence, I have not read the Belgarian since I was about 12. Oh, I see. <laughs> Goodness. And I am no longer 12. Yes, well, we can see that. <laughs> no, but fortunately, Shane covered for you, so that was good. Good work, Shane. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Wolves of God. Mm, yeah, I'm thinking around about that sort of 1400s time, uh, like sort of maybe the Hundred Years' War sort of era, and essentially it's going to be a storytelling game in a sort of similar vein to Dogs in the Vineyard, but where you have um, essentially... Uh, Crusader Knights are like launching but only in the Albergesenian sense uh, going around and uh, visiting places like hunting out heresies and so forth so I'm expecting sort of a grimdark gritty sort of style to it you're half right okay Uh, basically you just got the time period wrong pretty much everything else you pretty much got oh okay Um, it's not the 1400s it's the year 710 Oh, okay, yeah. So it's the Dark Ages. Right. Uh, and it uses the Stars Without Numbers system. Oh, nice. Uh, by the same people. Yes. Um, Kevin Crawford. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, sign, nominee, publishing. Uh, Without name, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Set in Dark Ages, England, historical fantasy RPG. Yeah. Um, the Savage Darkness of Post-Roman Britain. Yeah. yeah. Actually. Quite- in fact, that's why I know the name, because it's like uh, Vikings and stuff raiding everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the barbaric English have long since swept over Britain, their passage shrouded by the smoke of burning cities. Hmm. Bloody immigrants. Yes, the magnificent Roman cities of old have been thrown down. The roads have grown wild and perilous. Yep. Yeah. No more Pax Romana. Hmm. There we go. Okay, so uh, do we know uh, when that finishes? Uh, We do. Would you like to tell the listeners for us? Would I like to? um... Tell the listeners for us. (laughs) (laughs) Thursday, November the 7th, next week. Okay, fantastic. And I assume it's already funded? You know what happens when you assume? Yes. You get it right, it's what happens when you assume. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's coming up to twice funded now. Oh, it's got wow. 919 backers, 10 days to go. It's done um, in dollars, $45,000. Nice. How much is a PDF going to set you back? I don't know. Million pounds. That seems pricey for a PDF. Or 20 pounds. Well. Dollars. $20. Oh, $20 for PDF. And uh, 35 For the hardware. Oh, 35 for an at-cost print-on-demand code. Ooh, yeah, okay. and I, I don't like it when the Kickstarters do that. No. So it's 35 plus another 10 or so, so 45 or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it does avoid the whole, oh, my God, we have so many books, we have to ship them, and we are at the mercy, uh, end air quotes, of the US Postal Service. Yeah. yeah. No, I get but, it. I yeah. do, no, I do get it. I don't like it. No, yeah, I'm not a fan just, either. Yeah. Because I, I, the reason, my problem with it is I don't necessarily read things closely enough. Mm-hmm. I think I'm yeah. going to get a book and then it never arrives and I go and check and, oh no, they were just giving me a code so I could buy one. Yay. <laughs> I could spend more money in it. Yeah. Oh. And I end up not getting it. Oh. Which is, you know, due to pure laziness more than anything else. Yeah. This is terrible, terrible thing to admit to. It's probably the worst thing you could admit to, isn't it? I have all the things you could possibly admit to. Yeah, Darryl, should definitely leave this bit in the main podcast. <laughs> 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 Alright, there may be worse things. Well, then, if you have any more crimes you'd like to admit to on there, then uh, by all means be my guest. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that was it. That was that was our favourite game in all the world. I think you did reasonably well. You got about half-half there, didn't you? Yeah. 
I forgot to plug the numbers into the spreadsheet. Yeah, okay. So let's just say you've got a B minus. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, B minus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Order, order. Let's bring this meeting to order. Uh, so to summarise, we have arranged for 30,000 feet of bunting for the Summer Festival of Lights and Dreams and arranged for the crumbling wall in the district of Crooked Corners to be repaired. Excellent. And I can confirm that we have set aside the budget for the town guards, new uniforms with the brass buttons and little pointy hats, and scheduled the debate on magical ordinance restrictions for a week hence. Uh, good, good, good. Then let us disband. I have a meeting with the mayor of Hilltown-upon-Sea this afternoon. No, actually, I see there is one more thing. Oh, oh, well, let's get to it then. What is it? One of our long-range scouts has reported the approach of... Uh, the approach of what? I... I'm not sure I want to say. Uh, come on, man. Out with it. What's approaching? A dragon? No, no. A goblin army? No, not that. A, a mighty hurricane? A tornado? A tidal wave? No, it's more like... More like what? Kind of like... Zombies rising from their graves? Oh, worse than that. A murderous flock of poison vampire bees? Oh, much worse. The mighty Terras, destroyer of civilization? Oh, if only that was all it was. Galactus, eater of worlds? No, jumping genre. Okay, what is it? Are you sure you want to know? Yes! Tell me, damn it, what approaches? Well, the scout returned last night and he... He reported that he encountered the campsite of... Yes? Of a... Yes? Of a group of adventurers... I told you. This is this is worse than I could have possibly imagined. What what could we do to prepare? Bar the gates, close all the taverns, lock all the doors, let nobody venture outside. Keep quiet. If we're lucky, they might not notice us. And if they do? Then all is lost. Once a group of adventurers gets into your town, it is doomed. The fighting, the looting, the slaughter, the general murder hoboing. How far out are they? Three days travel. Let's evacuate. Sound the bells. Relocate the town. Get every man, woman and child to safety. Leave no one behind. We still have time. Our doom truly is upon us as legends foretold. Run! Run for your lives! Hello everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps.
Topic what? of the week. Yes. Is. Oh. Well, it's Halloween, so we should talk about something suitably spooky. Spooky. How about something satanic? Oh, go on then. That's quite spooky. Uh, so, um, our topic of the week mm-hmm. is the suitably spooky yes. satanic panic. Oh, is there another one? Of the 1980s. Oh, well, there's the non-spooky satanic panic, but that's, that's no, not they, as much they, fun. They were pretty serious about it. <laughs> yeah, it was very sad, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the satanic panic wasn't just a D&D thing, obviously. It was a no, big, no. big, widespread thing. Kind yeah, of yeah. mainly the US, but it spread mm. to the UK, it spread to Australia, it spread to lots of other countries. Yeah, South, South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Lot, lot, Basically, if you spoke English, you were likely yeah, to... Yeah, basically the English-speaking world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was basically this... You know, moral panic originated yes. in the States in the 1980s, yes. um, spread out throughout many parts of the world yep. by the late 1990s. Yep. And uh, essentially the sort of D&D aspect of it yes. was that because it, because it encompassed a whole load of stuff about people saying people were sort of practicing witchcraft and all sorts of nonsense. But yeah. um, uh, the D&D aspect of it was that D&D repeatedly got accused Yes. Of being pretty much one of the sort of linchpins of satanic activity in the Western civilization. Which shows a dreadful misunderstanding of nerds of that time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I must say, like, organising things? Yeah. Have you met D&D players? Uh, I mean, you, you know... Probably not helped by the giant demons on the sides of the... On the covers of the books. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, it's largely died down yeah. now. I mean, like, it went on for about 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the 80s, it started to die down a bit and sort yeah. of media coverage of it got a bit more critical. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of ended maybe in mid-90s, early to mid-90s. Yeah. But you still see sort of remnants of it now. Because, I mean, um, it was uh, as recently as... Just like a few years ago, you know, the mm-hmm. US TV evangelist Pat Robertson, Robinson. Even. Oh, is that one of those mega church preachers? Yeah, he's a sort of TV personality, TV evangelist. Yeah, uh, not, not up in his New Testament. I think something about rich men, camels and eyes of needles <laughs> may be relevant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, you know, just in the last few years, he's yeah. still repeating that D&D is demonic. Oh, okay. Well, so it's not it's not gone. It's died down a lot, but it's not gone. Oh, well, that's that's pretty stupid and rubbish. But anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. although I, I suppose descent into a verse, mm. maybe throwing some fuel on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, what are you playing? Yeah. Oh, we're going into hell to fight some demons. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this yeah. is so it was many around the yeah. the 80s. Yes. And uh, around again, uh, according to 60 Minutes, they were an estimated 5 million D&D players. Yeah. So it was during its big growth spurt and it was growing yes. fast. So it yeah. was growing and growing and growing throughout the 80s. So you had like the the whole mass franchising things where you could buy Dungeons & Dragons themed lunchboxes. Uh, they had cartoon show. And you could buy actual dungeons. Oh, okay. And you could buy actual dragons. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could do with that dragon. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that didn't happen. One of those things didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think it all started off by like, uh, that Michelle Remembers book in 1980, which was supposed to be like a weird thing about a cult of satanic abuse. Mm. It's been terrible. It affected loads of people. Yeah. I mean, this, there was quite a lot of accusations of, sort of ritual satanic abuse going on yeah. throughout the entire decade that had nothing yeah. to do with like gaming, but was yeah. just like spreading like wildfire, especially over the, sort of the religious parts of various Western countries. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it's like and it's sort of it's classic moral panic because it's like aimed at this could be happening to your children, which yeah. is obviously like very worrying for any parent. Did you 
have any experience of it at all? Me? No, no, no. Uh, I was, I'm a bit young for it and I was uh, more doing, getting towards things like Hero Quest and yeah, so forth, yeah. which was towards the end of the 80s and then it was basically tabletop wargaming, yeah. which, which had more space marines and apparently my parents were of the belief that the uh, grim darkness of the 41st millennium with its pseudo-medievalist fascist overtones, that was much more wholesome yeah, than fair enough, child. Fair enough, fair enough. I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and it explains so much, Peter. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Can't argue. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anything really either. I mean, no. I, um, I was just trying to think. I mean, I grew up in a religious household. Yeah. Um, Catholic household. And yeah. my mum, my dad wasn't really religious. Yeah. He just kind of went along to church, just as my mum did. Yeah. And took us all along. Yeah. Um, so my mum was sort of, quite strongly Catholic and we yeah. went to a Catholic school and everything yeah. but we even played D&D at school yeah, and yeah. nobody blinked an eye so no, didn't I, really have any of that affect us yeah I don't, I don't think that was like an issue at all really it's just like not knowing how to play yeah, I think be. the only thing that I did discover once in a kitchen drawer that mm. my, I discovered my mum had a, a clipping cut out of a newspaper oh, yeah. about um, the possible links of D&D and um, satanic stuff yeah yeah and so she'd obviously spotted this in, I don't know, the Daily Mail or whatever rubbish. Oh, yeah. that they yeah. <laughs> what, what, or the local, we'll just print pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. We don't care. New schmooze. Well, that's, that's about as close as I got to the standing panic. And then presumably took a look at you and was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So there's, there's quite a lot because I see I've made notes. You these notes, three pages of notes. Look at all that. Goodness. Yeah, yes. yeah. I've researched. Yeah, check you out. Yeah, this is like an essay almost, isn't it? Yeah, go on. Then. Um, so starts off in the 1980s. So, sorry, 1980. James Dallas Egbert III. Yes. He uh, disappears okay. in his university steam tunnels. Oh, scary. Uh, 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 PI William yeah. Deere PI yes. investigated. Uh, and concluded that it was D&D's fault. So D&D, a role-playing game, was responsible for someone disappearing into university themed Yes, channels. that was his conclusion. Yes. Uh, of course, James Dallas Egbert III did turn up again. Okay. And uh, he, you know, he was known to have some sort of drug abuse problems and oh. uh, depression and yes. you know, various things. And uh, he later did actually die from suicide in a totally separate incident. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the first time anything had ever happened in his... So, so his he, life anyway. So he wandered into university steam tunnels. Mm. He disappeared for a few days. Right. Re-emerged. Uh, okay. I think there were a couple of other attempts um, at suicide in 80 <laughs> years before eventually. Oh, well, poor chap. Yeah, yeah. Right, I felt bad for his family. Yeah, exactly. But, I I mean, I'm I'm struggling to see the D&D link, I'll be honest. Well, basically he played D&D. Oh, okay. so he played D&D. Yeah. He saw some tunnels, said, I want to shoot a goblin. What, even better some treasure down yeah. there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, why not? So a year later, yes. uh, there was a Tom Hanks movie based on uh, that yeah, called Mazes yeah, yeah. and Monsters, like yeah. a fictionalised version of it. Uh, and I have seen that movie, but I haven't seen it basically in 20 or 25 years or something. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember it really that well. But does it? Is it like some people play in D&D and then they disappear into the game or something? I, I can't remember. There are like literally chords that. Does it have Tom Hanks in? Yeah, it's a Tom Hanks movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that sounds plausible. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. Um, well, it's basically a fictionalised version of yeah. that James Dallas Egbert III thing. Oh, okay. But, but they're sort of conflating it, so he actually dies in the thing. I can't remember how. I can't remember the plot of the actual film. Is uh, that memorable? And right? I don't desperately want to watch it again. No. So. 
Okay. Well, we'll, we'll just say it wasn't fake at film. Yeah. I, I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. So we move on. Mm-hmm. So this is this is 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move on to uh, ni- uh, later in 1981. Yeah. There's a there's a guy called William Schnobelen. 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 I'm going to say Schnobelen. Schnobelen. Yeah. Schwerfneblin. William yeah. Schwerfneblin. <laughs> okay, so some sort of deep name, right? <laughs> um, so he he writes a series of articles. Yes. Published by Chick Publications oh, yes, yes. of Jack Chick. Then. This is before the Dark Dungeon stuff that Jack Chick does later. Oh, so give, us, it, nice it, give us the name of those series of articles. Right, so the first one's called Straight Talk on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and in it, he, uh, he, he summarises D&D. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Calm yourself, you'll get the good bit. Oh. <laughs> he summarises D&D as a feeding programme for occultism and witchcraft. Dungeons and Dragons violates the commandment of 1522. What? I, I, no, don't, what, what, I, don't, I don't know. Um, that's Theseus 1, chapter yeah, 5, yeah. verse 22. Okay. Um, and he also <laughs> states that rituals that's described in the oh, game yeah. were capable of really conjuring malevolent demons and producing other real-world effects. Oh, first edition sounds awesome. The article also accused the DMG of celebrating Adolf Hitler. Really? Uh, it does mention that Adolf Hitler has an 18 charisma. I right. remember that, because I, I remember noticing that. It, it, it no. mentions Adolf Hitler and it mentions Rasputin. Yes. And it's, I think it's in the introduction. Yeah, or yeah, very yeah. close to the beginning of the book, I think. Well, it's describing stats. Yeah, so, so I'm assuming that's what that's, that uh, reference uh, is. It says, really charismatic people would have a high charisma, but presumably... That was about it. I didn't yeah, say, yeah. and these are role models that you should well, yeah, totally exactly. get behind. Exactly. But it gets, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Really? It gets better. So Smurf Neblin, as he is now known, yes. uh, he claimed to have once been the witch high priest of Lake Geneva. Really? Yeah. This is before he found Christianity. Oh, he's got the he right was name the witch for it. high priest of Lake Geneva. Right. And uh, he says he was contacted during that time by employees of TSR oh, yeah. who requested that he reality check the spells in D&D. Right. These are the spells that he says allow you to summon demons. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So the TSR apparently recruited him to make sure the spells were correct. But, well, well, I mean, in much the same way that I'd employ a proofreader to make sure that the spelling was correct. <laughs> so magical proofreader. Well, okay. Uh, and, and this was actually taken as a plausible thing. I, well, but he certainly believed it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, Jack Chick believed it. And I think a lot of people that did, well, the Stanic Planet, people did believe in this thing. Goodness. But he didn't stop there. That's, that, no. that was just one of his articles. Wow. So we go fast forward to 2001. Yes. He writes, yes. uh, should a Christian play Dungeons and Dragons? He says in it, being exposed to all these ideas yeah. of magic to the degree that the game requires cannot help but have a significant impact on the minds of its players. And he claims that the Cthulhu Mythos and the Necromonicon are real. Hmm. So it's D&D players that are supposed to have like difficulty telling <laughs> yes. reality and fantasy apart. Right, right, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow, yeah, crikey. Okay, yes. So in uh, in 2006, he, yes. he pops up again, Mr. Swerf Neblin. Pops up yet again, and he says, In the late 1970s, yes. uh, a couple of the game writers came to my wife and I as prominent sorcerers in the community. They wanted to make certain wait, the wait. rituals were authentic. So For he, the most part, they are. He's describing himself as a prominent sorcerer. So he, he came oh, no, to... He, he, he came to Christianity later, yeah. So right, he's a right. reformed 
Sorcerer. Right. Okay. Okay. And he confirms that for the most part, spells in D&D 1st edition are authentic. That sounds like an awesome edition. <laughs> <laughs> why do you guys ever stop playing here? <laughs> I know. Um, so, I mean, that's just the start of these uh, Jack Chicks association with yeah, D&D, yeah. of course. Um, this, this, is, this is 1981. Later on, yeah. we'll get onto that in a bit. Yeah, Jack yeah. Chick starts weighing in heavily. So he's published these articles. Oh, amazing. Um, so Frank Mentzer, who's one of the D&D um, designers, he yes. did the uh, Red Box, I think, yes. uh, appeared on Good Morning California in 1981. Yes. And he, uh, he says, um, I ended up on Good Morning California in 81, right yeah. around Halloween, yes. uh, which made for an interesting show. Yes. I went head to head on the front lines with Dr. Tom Radecki and various other detractors of that era. Okay. Um, and this guy, this Dr. Radecki guy, yes. he um, testified um, as an expert witness at the trial of a guy called uh, Darren Molitor. Okay. who was convicted of first-degree murder. Wow. And he testified yes. that D&D contributed to the crime as an expert witness. Expert on what? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got that D&D murders, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was his testimony. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, could, I could see like leading to charges of assault, like here, yeah, with particularly well-thrown D4. <laughs> ah, not the face. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I saw this thing. I'm going to see if I can find it, actually, because... Well, well, well no, it's it was just a, completely different back in those days, a, it, Morris. It was a video yes. of um, one of these types of shows yes. uh, where some American pundits were talking about D&D, and it's, you know, an, a actual video of them on, like, an interview or something oh, yeah. talking about it. If I can find it... Um, I do not think that many parents are aware of what's inside the game. In fact, in my presentation, I show many pictures from the inside of the books just to show the images of this game. I yes. mean, the gruesomeness of this game and the occult link to it. Well, I know that when uh, I did my message, and this has happened, I have letter after letter where people took the pieces. Now, there's sixes involved in the pieces of the game, but they yes. take the pieces of the game, they would throw them in the incinerator or the fireplace, and screams would come out because there seemed to be some kind of spiritual forces inhabiting those pieces, and children would drop out of life. They didn't want to study anymore. Uh, what, what are the pieces, for instance? Well, this game affects the most intelligent of our children. And the pieces include white witches, wizards, necromancers, the, the clerics, that type of thing. It includes evil wizards. It's a white versus black witchcraft. The good versus evil is white versus black witchcraft. And Anton LaVey, the writer of the Satanist Bible, says there is no such thing as white witchcraft. Well, being a Satan worshiper, he should know. Yeah, he should. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that's just, sort of that's just one example of the sort of stuff that was everywhere. Really? And people just thought that seemed completely plausible. Yeah. I think well, I, I like the circular logic. We're like, oh, well, Anton LaVey, who invented the Church of Satanism, he says there's no such thing as a white witchcraft. Mm. And he should know. That's like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> there are problems with your argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many problems. Right. So James Lauder, a writer mm. of um, TSR. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he would actually get phone calls when he was at TSR. Yes. Um, from people calling to ask if D&D would turn their children into Satanists. And if not, could they have their money back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he says some, some people who called uh, weren't interested in doing more than yelling or threatening. Oh, crikey. Um, and some of them just wanted to insult the company and um, tell whatever employee it was unfortunate 
enough to answer the call, right. then they were going to hell for doing Satan's work. Oh, okay. Well, Which that, is nice. That, that was a very harsh way to talk about Mr. Carcax. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, it, it's... I knew there was some stuff, but this is just, like, really strange. It gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, no. uh, so, 1982 now. We're in 1982. Oh, yeah. Bothered about and Dragons. Right. So, this is an organisation yes. founded by a lady called Patricia Pulling, mm-hmm. who, uh, who she filed a lawsuit yes. against a school principal mm-hmm. and TSR right. after her son Irving Lee's suicide. So Irving Lee um, Pudding, unfortunately, you know, killed himself. Yeah. And uh, Patricia Pudding claimed um, that a D&D curse was yeah. placed upon him by the school principal. The the, the school principal curse? Uh, the, the school principal was responsible for the D&D game. Right. I believe. Um, I mean, she describes D&D. This is how she describes it. Yes. This is, uh, this is, this is exactly what's written on the cover of the books, to be fair. Yeah. Can't argue with this. I mean, it yeah. totally does say, a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic-type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics, divination, and other teachings. That is her words, not mine. Oh, I mean, that certainly makes first edition sound a lot more interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure there were several things that, on that list that were not in that game. Mm. Would, I, would I be correct in that assumption? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Um, well, she and her organisation organization bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, or BAD. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're literally calling themselves baddies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they had this massive media campaign, right. which which went kind of right across the sort of conservative Christian media. Oh, dear. Right. Uh, and uh, it included an appearance on uh, 60 Minutes. Oh, that's quite... Opposite Gary Gygax. Wow. Okay. And I have not seen this, and I really want to. I'm going to see if I can find it. That'll be a clash That'll of be interesting to see if Yeah, that, 60 uh, Minutes is quite a big deal. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I, obviously, grief over the loss of a child is really hard, but it's just such a bizarre thing to blame uh, it on D&D yeah. yeah yeah I think it's important to say that you know sort of Christianity and religion in general well yeah. I am definitely not religious mm. I haven't got any problem with religion as long yeah. as the people are nice people well <laughs> you know it's I, um I mean it's basically how do people act yeah if they're yeah. nice to people and looking after them I'm like so right yeah. by me. So what we're talking about here is the persecution of D and D, not about religion yeah. in general. Yeah, like people who've got some very strange ideas about stuff, which yeah. does seem to be co-located with this. But is but well, we acknowledge that there are many lovely Christians out there who just mind their own business and get on being really good nice people. people yeah, Le- loving your neighbour sort of chat. Mm. So yeah, fair well, this 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 lovely lovely person I'm about to talk of next. He's oh, yeah. such a nice person. He's a oh. lovely lovely person. Yeah, he's the best person. Oh, yeah. He's a guy called Jack Chick. Oh, yes, yes, you mentioned him earlier. <laughs> Are you familiar of... with Mr. Chick? Uh, actually, yes. So, so Jack of Chick. Chick. <laughs> uh, because the internet has uh, rediscovered his cartoons. So it's like, really? But he still publishes them on his site, I think. Oh, they're yeah, not, they're not, um, um, So he's an American cartoonist. Yes. He's a fundamental Christian. And uh, he wrote a lot of uh, what are called Chick tracts. Right. And these are sort of religion-based morality pieces. I can um, imagine someone Googling that sort of thing being very disappointed. Yeah, well, basically, I mean, these are very, very popular. He sold over 750 million of them. 
Get away. Hundred languages. Blimey. You know, all around the world. Yeah. And these were tracks um, right. which basically uh, ranted about Catholicism, feminism, Buddhism, homosexuality, tarot, rock music, Halloween, and of course, D&D. D&D. So, so Amongst he, lots of other things as well. And he was pro all of these things, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he thought those, these were all great, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so of most interest to D&D players, mm-hmm. of course, is the infamous yes. Dark Dungeons comic strip. Probably the most famous in gaming circles. Isn't it a computer game? Uh, I don't know if it's a computer uh, game. They made a Darkest film. Dungeons. They made, they made yeah. a film of it. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> they made the film. Yeah, yeah. They made cartoonists yeah, yeah. about D and D. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, the film was slightly satirical. Oh, good. <laughs> but played straight. But we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so this is nineteen eighty-four. Yes. Dark Dungeons. This yes. is this, this comic strip, and yes. uh, it, it has uh, Marcy yes. who plays Blackleaf, the thief. Good name. Uh, we have Debbie who plays Elf Star, the cleric. Okay. We have. Miss Frost, who is the DM and a witch. Oh, okay. Not plays a witch, is a witch. <laughs> so, like, not 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 like an actual Wiccan, but and an Mike, idea. Yeah. Mike, a Mike. religious guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, in this in this comic strip. Sorry, I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Marcy is one of the players Black actually Thief. playing Black oh, Thief the Thief Mike yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she gets um, she gets upset when her thief character misses yeah. a poison trap yes. and uh, Miss Frost the, the DM declares her dead fair enough um, and she jumps on the table begging yeah. everyone for help and Debbie playing Elfstar the cleric turns yeah. around and goes Marcy get out of here you're dead you don't exist anymore well, yeah, I suppose it's almost... And she's oh, yeah. from the game. So. Uh, if you can't jump on the table screaming about it. <laughs> well, I suppose... You need to get out. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Uh, so, Miss Frost, who's the dungeon master, right. um, she takes uh, Debbie, playing Elfstar aside, yes. um, after the game. Yes. And informs her yes. that because her character's now 8th level, yes. uh, she is now ready to learn real magic. <laughs> Right. Oh, it gets better. So she gets out a pack of cards. I <laughs> uh, top that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and pulls a rabbit from that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Debbie um, asks her, "What you mean? You're going to teach me how to have the real power?" And the real power is like in bold, underlying italics for, for emphasis. All the emphasis. <laughs> and so uh, Debbie um, goes to Miss Frost's house. Right. Uh, uh, and as a test, she casts uh, what she calls a mind bondage spell on her father. And her father was trying and to get her to stop playing D and D, so okay. she casts this mind bondage spell on her dad. Right. Uh, and uh, apparently, her dad then purchased her two hundred dollars of D and D figures and manuals, proving that the spell worked. Okay, that's wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, takes notes furiously. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to get myself a copy of first. Dad. <laughs> yeah. um, so while at uh, Miss Frost's house yeah. and they're fighting a zombie in the game, yeah. uh, Debbie gets this call from Marcy, who yeah. played Blackleaf, who died. Okay. And um, uh, she asks uh, Miss Frost to tell Marcy that she'll see her later that night. Yeah. So she goes to Marcy's house. Yes. Yeah. And is told by her mum, Marcy's mum, yes. that Marcy shut herself in a room and, and isn't coming out. Okay. And she goes up to her room. Yes. And um, uh, uh, she, she says uh, that ever since the character in that game got killed, yes. it's so part of her died. 
is what her mum says. Wow. So she goes up to her room, and uh, this is a horrible, horrible scene. Marcy has yeah. hung herself. Oh, that is horrible. In a room, it's filled with all these yeah. fantasy games and posters and figurines right. and this sort of stuff and dice and stuff. Yeah. Um, just just to make it clear what's responsible. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Marcy's hung herself. Right. And that's the sort of infamous scene from the comic where it's, oh, blood leap. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, so, so Marcy, Mar- Marcy Mar- uh, you know, Marcy's gone. Killed right. by the game. Wow. Terrible, um, terrible. It didn't really yeah. happen. Don't worry. It's not no, a well, no, story. Oh, no. no. It's just like... <laughs> it all came from Jack Chick's feverous imagination. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so this Mike, this religious guy... Yes. Um, ...encourages Debbie to go to a meeting that afternoon... Yes. Um, ...to see a speaker who, uh, who, he says, came out of witchcraft and knows what she's up against. Right. Dun, dun, dun. So she goes. Okay. She goes to yes. this meeting, the speaker... And the speaker's there, yes. and, and the speaker announces they're going to be collecting D&D materials together, yes. along with a whole bunch of other stuff, like rock music and charms and, you know, stuff like that. And they're going to put them in a big pile, and they're going to burn them. D&D part of a, and rock music. And stuff. Lots of stuff. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, no, they're not burning the concept of rock music. I think they're burning actual records. Oh, I see. Right, yes. So they're not, they're not proposing to give it an award then. Because I understand people do this for abstract concepts. Sorry, political joke. Moving on. All right. Uh, and then the speaker casts the demons out of Debbie. Yes. And oh. um, she Have gives... Have demons in her now? Huh? When did the demons get into Debbie? I think they were always in Debbie. Oh. Ooh. That's what happens when you play D&D. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Debbie gives her life to Jesus and asks him to be in charge of everything, not that lousy D&D manual. Right. Well, if you are living your life according to the D&D manual, yes. don't. <laughs> um, so all this stuff, they call it the filth of Satan. Satan. They stuck right. it in a pile and set it alight. Right. Yeah. And everyone chants and sings and stuff. Yeah, that's not And Debbie thanks the Lord for setting her free. Right. And that's basically the, that's basically the infamous Dark Dungeons Jack chick tracked about right D&D yes uh, I have seen it it's just so weird I think I've forgotten huh. so 2014 they made a yes. film of it oh yeah so yes. this was um, some people who got managed to get Jack Chick's permission <laughs> and then they did a Kickstarter it got funded and this film premiered in at Gen Con in 2014 really um, basically it's played straight because yes. I think that's probably the only way they could get permission they couldn't like go ha 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 or anything like that in it. Yeah. so it's played kind of straight but most people pretty much view it as satire yes. and the creators whenever anyone asked if it was satire they basically said well you know we can't really say <laughs> <laughs> so I think most people do view it as satire we can either confirm or deny that we're completely taking the mech yeah Hello, your editor Daryl here. In case you want to know definitively whether or not the Dark Dungeons movie is satire or not, the film is distributed by Zombie Orpheus Entertainment, which is the same studio that produces films like The Gamers and Journey Quest. So while the crew can't come out and say it was satire, yeah, it was satire. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of around the height of like anti D and D um Well yeah, I mean stuff. I just like, there's bits which make sense, but, I mean, but how? <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, oh, so anyway, let's go, go on to 1985. Okay. There's a guy called John Quigley. Excellent name. And he's in the Lakeview Full Gospel Fellowship. Oh, good name. And he claims that the game is an occult tool that opens up young people to influence or possession by demons. Well, this is pretty impressive. Hmm. Yeah. 
so we uh, uh, we moved to 1989, D&D yes. Second Edition. Yes. TSR removes all the demons and devils. Yes. And replaces them with the terms Tanari and Bartezu. That's what they were called in the second edition. <laughs> but it worked, apparently. I'm, uh, That's it. It's, uh, there's a Jim Ward column, yeah. uh, which went up today, actually, on my site. Oh, yes. Where he talks about that exact period. It's yeah. called Demons and Devils Not. And he <laughs> talks about that exact period. And it worked, to a large extent. It really helped. Just renaming those things. They came back in the late 1990s. Yeah. And well, like in third and fourth and fifth edition, they're back to Demons and Devils and stuff. But When people stopped caring. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. But, but yeah, so that, that happened in second edition. Demons and Devils were removed, well, renamed. Rebranded. Rebranded, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Serial numbers were filed off. Reskinned. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so Jim Ward is talking about the mid-80s and he says that six ladies wrote to Sears. Yes. And the same um, six a, wrote big department store I think yeah, yeah. Okay. went broke to Penny's which is another one okay yeah uh, telling these two companies of the evils of AD&D okay and he says um, they expounded on children learning to throw demonic spells yes. while they summoned demons in their basements right and the writers claimed uh, the writers being the ladies who wrote to oh yes yeah. Yeah. not like those writers of the yeah, yeah. yeah claimed that they would never buy a thing again from those two companies okay uh, and just like a light switch, he says, those two companies stopped selling TSR product. Just right. like that. Oh, right. Okay. And not just d d either, just like oh. anything TSR did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cracky. Yeah. Um, there's, it's quite interesting that the, the Centre for Disease Control and yes. Health and Welfare in Canada, yes. both independently, yes. conducted studies. Okay. To investigate oh. these claims. To see whether well, there was, in fact, some kind of link between role-playing games and suicide. And is there a link between role-playing games they and suicide? They did not find one. Didn't think they would, but... No. You don't know he didn't because no. that's how science works. Yes. Right. So they didn't find they didn't find any link between role-playing games and suicide. Yes. Uh, although, uh, the uh, Waupun, Waupun, how do you pronounce that word? Uh, I don't know, Waupun? Waupun Correctional oh. Institute in Wisconsin. Yeah. Banned D&D, and oh. a judge upheld this, upheld this decision, saying that D&D encourages a hostility, violence, and escape behaviour. Well, in character, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, uh. There you go, that's a brief coverage of the satanic panic as it relates Goodness. to D&D. Must and that's just some of it, that's the tip of the iceberg, really. Yeah, that must be horrendous growing up around that. Yeah, if you're if you're yeah. vaguely interested in role playing games, and yeah, I think co- if you were like a teenager who yeah. who was into D and D around around then in certain areas of the world, that Ooh. could have been quite yeah, that'd be totally rubbish. Yeah. Hello, your editor Daryl here again. Um, I actually was someone who grew up in that part of the country, rural Southeast Texas, and grew up during this time during the late eighties and early nineties, and I can confirm it was horrible. Yeah, I'm quite I felt quite lucky that none of that really touched me. Yeah. Crikey. Um, and it's just like, there are people who apparently believe anything written on a bit of paper. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine there's also an element yeah. of, you know, it's profitable to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, have controversial viewpoints, isn't it? Yeah, like promoting, like, shock stuff and having a go at hobbies. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, look at look at, look at the things that they don't like. They don't like Catholicism, feminism. Yeah, I know, exactly. Like, it, 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 there's, there's a lot of stuff going together. It's like, wow. Yeah. So there was this Catherine Gould. Oh, so in 1987, she yeah. um, made this list of indicators oh, yeah, yeah. of uh, of uh, uh, indicators of satanic abuse. 
Oh, okay, yes. Of various things, and she right. included, I think, things like... Um, interest in D&D. Interest in D&D was probably really? one of them. I'm pretty sure it's one of them. I've actually got a copy of the list. Right. I have seen it before. I'm pretty sure D&D's on the list. And some perfectly you know, normal things like just homosexuality and uh, yeah. stuff like that was on the list. And there's all sorts of stuff that's on the list, which is... Oh, yeah, and like um, playing rock music and... Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and just things that are like... Why are these things on the yeah, list? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They ma- it makes no sense. I, n- I normally see them sort of yeah, things like feminism parody- parodied online because uh, uh, there's p- people putting up a list of these things saying, yes, sign me up for all these things. They're great. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So there we go. Yeah. That was the satanic panic. Our spooky yes. topic for Halloween. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I think the spookiness came more in human nature than it did with any actual supernatural forces then, didn't it? Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that, like, you, know, you, you would be able to summon anything out of um, out of the first edition book, except maybe for Cheeto Storm. Well, I can cast a fireball, I'll have you know. <laughs> no, you can drink fireball. The rest of you that the other night. Yeah. Great. Yeah, no, no, I mean, but yeah, honestly, like, that's a serious thing. I mean, the bizarreness that people could read or look at these books yeah, and then come to such divergent from reality yeah. conclusions. And I think the thing to remember is yeah. this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. yeah, thank you everybody so much for listening. It has been a wonderfully spooky hour or two. Ooh. We'll be back next week. Yes. When in fact it will be Guy Fawkes Night or close to thereof. Yay, Catholic yes. Persecution Night. My remember favorite. the remember the Pistol of November. So until next week, that will be goodbye from uh, me, Russ. That'll be goodbye from me, Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roll Pass. Bye bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.